Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so we're today we're going to talk about men. We're going to talk about guns and laws. We're going to talk about some current events that happen happening around the country. We're also going to talk about we're going to talk about you know the Texas legislature while they're not in session. They had an interim. What do you call it, Felicia? Like an interim, what do you call that? They're called interim hearings. Interim hearing at the Texas State Capitol. They talked about guns. That's right. Some plans that they have uh, for the 2021 Texas legislature. So some, uh, I guess some things that people are concerned about, some things that people want to bring out, bring up for the Texas legislature. Um. And so that came up, and we had some – there were actually some great people that actually testified. And I'm not in a big – I'm not in big favor of doing the interim, you know, hearings. I'm not really in a big favor of that. Why? Because we don't know who's going to be in office in 2021. We don't know who's going to be in office past November. For all we know, the Democrats are going to take control of the Texas House. Well, this was a Senate hearing, and most of the senators are not up for re-election this cycle. But if the if the Democrats take control of the House, then then they're not going to send anything that we want to the Senate to get passed. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't start working now to lay the groundwork for quality legislation in 2021. All right. I hear you. I hear you. But if you don't have the Senate, you don't have the House, then you're not going to get anything passed out of the House that we want. It's only going to be uh, anti-gun stuff. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're really going to be at a stalemate. Oh, I agree. We are trying to be as optimi- optimistic as possible and work with the elected officials that we will know will still be in office after November so that we can have, you know, a united front and go in united if the House does flip. Nice. I like that. And, you know, the good thing is uh, we had the, the ladies were leading the charge, just like the marijuana charge. You know, there are ladies lead, leading that uh, that charge to legalize marijuana in uh, Texas. We also have the Second Amendment. This session, it seems like ladies are leading the charge for that. It's like they're getting those ovaries ready. 
That's actually what the representative from the Texas Young Republican Federation said. He told the Senate committee that they needed to, quote, ovary up because (laughs) the men just weren't getting it done. Nice. And speaking of that, we have a guest on the phone on Skype that actually testified this week, this past week. We do. We have Hannah Ventura on Skype with us today, and she is a 19-year-old high school student. And I didn't even know what the Senate was when I was in high school. So it was really awesome to meet her this week and have her come down and actually miss a day of school to come down and testify in favor of, you know, not just her Second Amendment rights, but all of our Second Amendment rights. All right. So, Hannah, welcome to Come and Talk It. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. What part of the country? Well, what part of Texas are you in? I shouldn't say country, but Texas. Country. I am from Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth. So you drove all the way from Fort Worth down to Austin, Texas, to let our Texas Senate know how you felt about the Second Amendment. Yes, sir. Well, technically, my mom drove, but <laughs> but you, but, <laughs> but you I'm traveled. Nice. All right. So tell me, uh, what are some of your concerns? You know, why did you make that trip? Why did you trek all the way from Fort Worth? Part of my concern is that it's just personal safety. For me, in my testifying hearing, I actually said that I am really small. I'm five feet tall and I weigh just over 100 pounds. And people always tell me to just be self-aware, just wear, you know, a taser or a knife. And personally, I feel like that close contact, when it's too close, it's just going to hurt me. And, excuse me, what am I trying to say? It's just not going to be a good option for me because I'm so small compared to the larger people trying to take advantage of me. And so I think a firearm will just help me out in that situation because it's far easier to use. You can use it a few feet away at at the very least. And another one of my concerns is just human trafficking, like I testified for. A lot of young women and young adults, um, they just really need firearms to protect themselves because we need prevention before we can take the time to actually save people and get them out of that trafficking. And so, you know, how do you think the the Texas Senate received your message? I think they took it very well. I mean, one of the senators did tell me that it was a good testimony, so I have that. But I think that telling my story actually helped them understand a little bit more as to why I believe in the Second Amendment and as to why I believe that women should be allowed to carry and that we should not have our rights taken away from us. And so how old are you? I'm 19. At 19, do you think you should be able to buy a handgun at 19 from a gun store? I believe so. From a gun yes, store? Yes, sir. All right, all right. And so should you, do you think you should be able to get a handgun license and carry a gun at 19? I do believe so. Why? Now, that's, that's a very controversial aspect of firearms, and I believe that because I'm a young person. As I said, I'm small. I have been – I've been targeted – for trafficking. I've been targeted for being abducted. And I just think that a firearm is better for me, especially being my size. Now, the the thing with this topic of lowering the firearm age to 18 to be able to carry a firearm, of course, I mean, if it makes people more comfortable, you can have your guardian sign off on it. You can take trainings and you can definitely just train for yourself. And I mean, you can get a license if that's another added precaution that people would like, because a lot of people think that 18 year olds are emotionally unstable and unable to handle it. But I mean, I'm someone who has a lot of training 
I mean, I represent the NRA or I represent 4-H. I'm a competitive shooter. I'm a coach. I teach safety meetings. I give safety um, briefings. So I'm fully capable of handling a firearm. Okay. And so tell me this, uh, Hannah. So uh, what type of guns have you fired before? What have I not fired? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. What have I not fired? (laughs) Specifically, well, uh, shotguns. I've shot some Barrett 50 cals. I've shot machine guns. Hannah, 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 you fired a Barrett 50 cal. I have on multiple occasions. (laughs) Did it scare you? Definitely not. Nice. Okay. How about an AR-15? Yes, sir. Have you done any machine guns? Yes, sir. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. See, Hannah. Hannah says she's here to, you know, to you know, take her own personal safety in her own own hands. She's not waiting for law enforcement to come and save her. She wants to do it all by herself. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Hannah, you know, if you had something to say to your Texas legislature, uh, if they're listening right now to the governor, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott was listening. What would you have to say to the governor? Wow, that's a big question. Yeah. I would- that's a big question so what would i say if governor was listening i would ask him again about lowering the ages to 18 to be able to legally carry a firearm and i would just urge him to listen more to the voices of the people when we talk about our firearms and i urge legislature and him to think more about how 18 year olds like me could be actually able to handle the the responsibilities that come with handling a handgun, especially in public. All right. And then, uh, so what would you say about constitution, constitutional carry? I fully believe in constitutional carry. Arizona, they have constitutional carry, and they also allow... 18-year-olds to carry a firearm as long as their parent or guardian signs off on it and allows them to. I fully believe that constitutional carry should be a thing because, first off, it's in the Constitution that we are allowed to have our firearms, but also it's just not right for us to have to pay and go through all of these extensive, you know, people want to add on more background checks when we already have background checks. And it's just not right to keep the firearms from the people who need it. And what would you say to people that say, you know what, as a female who's like 19 years old, you're small. You know, how in the world can you defend yourself against a man who's like, you know, older, bigger, stronger? How can you protect yourself? How do I protect myself? So personally, I carry pepper spray and knives. I do know some self-defense, but honestly, I'm... Not 100% sure. There's so many different scenarios that you have to try and be prepared for them. And there's no one way to specifically defend myself. So I don't 100% have an answer to that. I will say that carrying a firearm will definitely help me out in those situations. When you think about some of the situations, you can definitely think about how a firearm could benefit you far more than just a taser. Okay, awesome. And then what about uh, those people that, you know, ladies that are afraid to, you know, pick up a gun, you know, who've never fired a gun before and and are afraid, you know, of firearms? What would you, any advice you have for them? The advice that I have. So it's okay to be 
afraid at first. I completely understand being afraid of them. They are, you know, they are something to not play with. And they are something that people will be afraid of since they are dangerous. But I will say that if you try it at least once, you don't have to live scared of them. Just try it at least once. Go to your local gun range. You can definitely take classes, one-on-ones. You can take trainings or even go with someone who knows how to teach safety. They can start out on rifles, maybe a smaller caliber, and work their way up into something like a Barrett 50 cal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that, that's what I'm talking about. I got to get you down to Austin, Texas, see if you fire that Barrett 50 cal. Get you, get, get you with a machine gun. Now, I got a couple of machine guns I want to have you fire and see, see how you do Sounds with good. those. <laughs> I'm, I'm game. <laughs> nice. Have you ever done the, uh, any dove hunting or anything like that? Dove hunting, yes, sir. I actually went in September. I go almost every year with my dad. I also went with a woman named Miss Judy Rhodes, and I go with a few programs. Nice. All right. So, yeah, who? Any? You have any idols? Anyone that you look up to as far as the gun community is concerned? Any idols? I do love Dana Lesh, of course. I also do love Judy Rhodes and this woman named Melanie Peterson. They're just kind of my idols, and they're some of the women leading the way in the firearm industry. Nice. Okay. All right. So, and and also, what was, you know, as far as the Texas Senate is concerned, how do you feel, you know, do you feel that you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish, you know, with the Texas Senate? Do you think they, you know, they actually received your message and you were able to accomplish that? I believe they received my message. However, I think it will take more people speaking out than just me. Mm. I think that, you know, just me, of course, I might have gotten my voice to them, but it would make more of an impact if more young Republicans or more young people who are into firearms and believe that they need them, I think they should speak out and definitely talk to their city council, their county council, or even just legislature, just getting out and raising their voice and talking about what they need and what they believe in. All right. And lastly, you know, uh, are you registered to vote? I am. Yes, sir. Have you voted? Did you vote early? No, sir. I will. So you're going to have to vote on Election Day as far as the primary, uh, as far as the, uh, you know, this election here is concerned. Yes. Okay. so you have to vote on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to say. You don't have to say. You don't have to tell me. You can give me the secret because voting is a, you know, it's a sacred thing. But uh, who are you leaning toward? Who am I leaning towards? As far as pre- as far as president, I mean, keep America great. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, don't be afraid to say say it, say it loud, say it proud. All right, Trump, Donald Trump, <laughs> Trump twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you like President Trump? He has done so much for this country. He has not only helped out businesses, including small businesses. He's also greatly improved the military. He has actually, you know, talked to many officials from all over the country, and he's just accomplished a lot as president in the past four years, and he's actually kept his promises as to what he's been wanting to do, and I believe that he can most definitely accomplish more than he's promised if he gets another four years. Nice. Okay. And so um, so Trump, uh, now I'm going to ask you a hard question here. This is a hard one. If you had to, there was no other choice. You had to pick a 
a Democratic president, the one that's running right now, which one would you which one would you pick? Oh, <laughs> See, that's, a, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. It's definitely the hardest question you've asked me. <laughs> okay. I know that's hard. I guess I would have to say Bernie Sanders. Oh, 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 you're killing me, Anna. Oh, why Bernie? Oh, I mean, no. Okay, I'm going to have, okay, right, scratch that. We're going to have to delete that. We're going to dump that. We're going to have to dump that part of the interview altogether. <laughs> We'll cut that out. Yeah, we're gonna we're you gonna cut what? that right on I out. Did, I didn't say Bloomberg. Okay, that's true. That's true. That's true. I, maybe Elizabeth Warren. Maybe if I had no. to. Nope. 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 Why not nope. Elizabeth? Elizabeth was <laughs> man. She was throwing some shade on that last debate. That debate, I tell you, I had popcorn. I was ready to go. <laughs> I just, I would not prefer her (laughs) (laughs) all right all right all right all right thank you hannah hannah ventura i tell you she came down to austin texas all the way from cowtown all the way from fort worth texas to let the texas senate know how she felt about the second amendment and how they need to stand strong and support you know the second amendment for the state of texas hannah thank you for coming on come and talk it there Thank you very much. Absolutely. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. That's Hannah Ventura from Cowtown, Fort Worth. All right. Thank you, Hannah. All right. So, man, I, I, you know, Felicia, you know, uh, she's awesome. She's good. And I'm glad she came down. I'm glad she drove down with her, your, you know, her parents and, 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 and let them, you know, know how she felt about the, you know, the Constitution, the Texas Constitution, and also, you know, her right as a 19-year-old to be able to protect herself as a female. Yeah, I thought it was really awesome. Um, usually I I steer clear from parents, including their kids, and, and political conversations, but obviously she's older, and they've given her the tools to educate herself and let her make her own decisions, and she thinks critically, and she sat, uh, we had a testimony prep class on the 25th and she sat and she wrote her own testimony. No one did it for her. She wasn't using anyone else's words. She wrote exactly what she wanted to say to the Texas Senate. Oh man. And she, we had there. I cause I was at the Capitol all day on Wednesday and there were over a hundred pro second amendment activists there. And she was the youngest out of all of them. Really? Mm-hmm. And, and truly, and I, I listened to all the testimony had some of the most powerful testimony that I that I heard. I did put it in the comments on the video if you're following along with us on Facebook so that you can hear her prepared remarks for the Texas Senate. Oh, man. And then, you know, President Trump went to India. What do you think about his India trip? I'm going to say I was oh, following whatever. it. <laughs> man, let me tell you, that India trip was off the chain. Yeah. Let me tell you. Sorry, I was working for gun rights in Texas. You I can't you do everything. Paying, you weren't paying attention, right? Yeah, I was That's at the okay. Capitol for about 12 hours on Wednesday. Man, I tell you, India was, uh, man, they were partying back in India. It was great. Uh, the Democratic Party debate, what do you think about that? I thought that was hilarious. The two debates, debate one, debate two, that we had the last, the last uh, two weeks here, man, they were just crazy. The one in, in the Carolinas? Come on, Felicia. I don't watch TV. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. How could you miss that? 
Man, yeah. those debates were crazy. They're just fighting amongst themselves. Oh, it was like you had the grumpy old man, Bernie Sanders. Like he's like a your your angry grandpa. You know, you know. You remember there was a video of him talking to. Uh, he was talking with a group of people, and there was a baby crying in the background. He's like, uh, "Can you shut that baby up?" You know. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. He's like the grumpy old man. Every time he talks, he's just like he's just so angry. So no? y'all are friends or? Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, y'all close? Hey, you know, <laughs> that's why I tore a hole in my artery because I get excited. Oh, <laughs> I get excited. We have things in common. He had a heart attack. I tore a hole in my artery, but I'm not running for president. He's a communist. You're a statist. Hey, whoa. <laughs> I want to kick you under the table there. And then you have, uh, man, uh, man, I, this, this race, it's, it's hilarious. You know, Bernie's your grumpy old man. You got Bloomberg, uh, mini Mike. Uh, and he's spending millions of dollars, and he hasn't won not one primary yet. Millions. Millions. What a waste. He he's, spent so much money. Yeah. I just saw someone on Twitter post that they got five mailers from Bloomberg, and he's at least a 4R Republican, meaning that he's he's voted in primaries going back almost a decade. And as, a, as a Republican. As a Republican. But and it, the one thing that he's <laughs> lacking is his stance on the the Constitution, the Second Amendment. Bloomberg? As a Republican. Yeah, Bloomberg. Bloomberg, Bloomberg oh. doesn't like guns. Exactly. He doesn't that's, like guns the same way Trump the, doesn't like guns. That's They're one thing both he's lacking. New York Republicans. No, he likes guns. It's funny Democrat. that you say that about the mailers because I just got six Bloomberg mailers Jeez. in my house. And they were for people that don't even live there anymore. They were joking around and saying, man, Bloomberg's consultants are trolling him and just taking him for every dime that they can. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he because got, he didn't even have any quality debate prep. I don't watch the debates, but I can see what goes viral on Facebook. And he <laughs> he got his tail handed to him. No, he likes guns. He likes his private security force to have yeah. guns. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> one of those guys. People. It's the rest of us that can't have guns. This is the race of the billionaires. I mean, you got billionaire one, billionaire two, three. You Anybody got else feel like we're starting to go into the Hunger Games? I feel like we're at that point now. We uh, we're just be, everything's no. just being run by this like Hollywood elite and and the news corporations and all these billionaires and we're just sitting here you know just getting the purge. That's what you're talking about. We need the purge. That's a different movie. Oh, we <laughs> need the purge. Let me. That's tell a you. better movie. Than That's a better. We a need the purge. Movie. I'm telling you, I need the purge and I need it right now. I will say, if the purge was going to go down, I would be at Central Texas Gunworks. Because <laughs> we need the purge. Secure. We get need my hands on that RPG. Bro. We need the purge. I'm telling you now. And then you have Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas. Man, she was laying it down this week. They call her Pocahontas. <laughs> she was laying it down. She had some words, some choice words for everybody. She was talking about Bloomberg. She's talking about Bernie Sanders. And then you have uh, Booty Jig, uh, uh, Booty Geek. Booty, booty Cheeks. Booty Cheeks? <laughs> yeah, his name's Bo- Pete Bo- Booty Cheeks. <laughs> booty Jig. You know, oh, man, all that gay bashing. I just, I just don't know what to do. I need to call Texas Values and, and, and Texas Values. What do you think about booty cheek? <laughs> what do you think, Zach? You like booty cheeks? <laughs> Zach, you gonna answer the question? <laughs> There's just one pair that I do like. Oh, oh. and it's not Pete. That was wholesome, oh. brother. <laughs> I'm and, proud of you. Yeah, and then you have Klobuchar, man. Klobuchar, Klobuchar. I'm sorry, uh, Klobuchar. She's just not going to be in the race uh, after Tuesday, right? <laughs> She's gone. She's done. I didn't uh, even know she was in the race. Oh, yeah. She's just like, I, I swear, whenever she speaks, I it's like she just, she smoked the whole joint before she gave her answer. 
She, she had nothing. It's just like this lady's like out of this world. And then Biden uh, stopped touching me. <laughs> vice former vice president Biden. The way that he kisses his granddaughter grosses me oh, out so significantly. All lips, all tongue, and spit. Ugh. <laughs> I don't even hug my mama. I can't imagine greeting anyone. Oh, like that. gross! Oh, totally nasty. All right, we're talking guns. We're talking laws. <laughs> we're talking about politics. We're talking about this current election. We're talking about man, this Democratic Party debate. We're also going to talk about uh, Trump in India. We're going to talk about. Uh, Man, uh, there's a First Amendment right to speak before a legislative body. It's a question in Texas after a man testified wearing a profane T-shirt. What about this T-shirt? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Hey, this is A.W.R. Hawkins of Pride Park News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill. Now it's time for GGN, Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks, the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news. Right. In Houston, Texas, 19-year-old Caitlin Smith was posing for a selfie with a 9mm handgun when she accidentally shot her 10-year-old nephew in the abdomen. Smith was supposed to be babysitting the child at the time of the incident. The child is listed in serious condition, and Smith has been charged with a second-degree felony for injuring a child. A judge set Smith's bail at $20,000 in addition to ordering her to avoid contact with her nephew. Haiti's annual carnival was canceled last Sunday after a shootout unfolded between off-duty police and soldiers stationed outside the country's presidential palace. The police officers, who have recently been protesting poor working conditions and have demanded the right to unionize, staged a demonstration alongside the opening of the annual carnival. Reports are conflicting, but some have suggested that the demonstrating police officers fired their weapons into the air, prompting the situation. Three of the police were wounded and one soldier died. In the German town of Anu, a gunman killed nine people and injured six during a shooting spree targeting two, targeting two separate shisha bars before shooting himself. Shisha bars are also known as hookah bars in the United States. The gunman has been identified as a 43-year-old male, and authorities believe he was acting out based on racist motives. The suspect did not have any criminal background, but had posted conspiracy theories and xenophobic opinions online. Five of those killed were of Turkish nationality. Federal prosecutors are treating the case as a form of terrorism. 
Five employees were shot and killed during a mass shooting at Molson Coors Brewery in Milwaukee. The gunman has been identified as a 51-year-old male employee of the brewery. It has been reported that the shooter used a suppressor during the attack. The shooter died from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. That's your go. That's your gun news from around the globe. I'm Gary Faust with GGN. Hey, that's your global gun news, man. Gary, that was good. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. Yeah, you're getting a lot better. Mainly because you told me to be more professional. That's right. I had to chew them out a little bit. <laughs> I was like, you need to get that crap together, son. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's talk about this shooting um, at the the Coors Brewing. Because uh, let me tell you, this guy used a he used a suppressor. Yes. And people love to call it a silencer. It's not really a silencer. It's not silent. It actually just suppresses the sound. It's not totally silent. So there are some of them you can actually hear the discharge of the firearm. There's some of them you hear the action. You're going to hear something. So it's not really totally silence. It's actually a suppressor. Uh, so, But this is homemade. I think he made it at his house. It wasn't something that he purchased and got a tax stamp for or anything like that. Right? Ordered it from parts. Was so he, he created it pretty much. He Mail ordered order. Different parts. He put it together. He made it at home. He, was, he actually built his own gun. Maybe he bought the, uh, the lower. Right. And then there's some issues with this guy. This guy had other issues going on too. Right? Yeah, he fell from a ladder and uh, hurt himself. And when and that's guess, when he went crazy. Yeah, he was getting workers' comp or something like that, and he was staying at home. And during this time, he was saying that uh, the company had sent spies to see if he was really hurt. And also, the this man. Who I'm not gonna say his name. I don't like to glorify these people. That's why I just described him as a 51 year old man. I don't care. I say his name. Well, I don't think that's good. But uh, he was also accused of pointing a gun at an SUV and punching a woman in the face in the early 90s. Ooh, nice. So he has priors. So he was a scumbag. Or well, he was at least way back when. Punched a lady in the face. That he was accused. He wasn't convicted. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly punched a lady in the face. Yeah. I learned my lesson. <laughs> Allegedly, he was charged with disorderly conduct in 1991, though. Mm, okay. Here, let me let me get into this a little bit. He was accused of pointing a gun at a Ford Bronco that pulled up alongside him at a spotlight in downtown Milwaukee, causing the Bronco's driver and passengers to duck down in fear and race away through a red light. All right, someone says he's not crazy. All right, so he wasn't crazy. I'm sorry, he was not crazy. All right, and, and so what else about this guy? In 1995, he was charged with misdemeanor battery after a woman accused him of punching her in the mouth. Ooh. He pleaded not guilty and was ordered not to have any contact with the woman. The charge was eventually dismissed, uh, but court documents didn't say why. And he was not a scumbag, someone else says. He was a family man. Who said that? I can't tell you. I'm just getting these messages through Facebook here. Okay, well, let me just log on to Facebook. Right <laughs> he's, not, he's not a scumbag. He's a, he was a family man. He was yeah. a respectable man. A respectable think, people, they, they do shootings. Yeah, that's no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, usually people that are respectable murder five <laughs> people they work with. Who said that? I can't tell you. I can't the get on most respect. He what? It's not respectful. It's not respectful. Gary. I don't no, think man. it's respectful to shoot people that you don't, you know, even if you don't like them, you shouldn't shoot people. Right, Michael? <laughs> you should not shoot people. Yeah, we need to be a lot nicer to each other.
But you know what? Let's go to let's go to Skype. We have CJ Grisham. CJ, man, CJ, welcome to come and talk it, sir. Hey, what's going on, Michael? It's been a while. How you been, man? Absolutely. So we have this issue that happened in Texas. We have a First Amendment right uh, issue that's going on here. So basically a First Amendment right to speak before a legislative body. It's a question in Texas after a man testified wearing a profane T-shirt. If you can turn your volume down there a little bit there, uh, CJ. Uh, there's an ongoing dust-up involving the First Amendment, allegations of a prohibited viewpoint, discrimination, and legislative immunity in the Texas Senate. You know, it's kind of it's 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 nice. I like this one because basically it started on thir- on Wednesday, February 27th, when the man testified at a Texas Senate hearing wearing a T-shirt that said "F the police." Now, but this T-shirt featured all the letters. It has said, you know, every single letter, the police. And, and to drive this, you know, to drive this home, you know, it accompanied an image of a hand with the middle finger outstretched. You know, he gave that full middle finger. OK, stretched and all. And so the lieutenant governor, Governor Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick heard about this and he tweeted out. He said, I'm outraged to this to see this T-shirt at a Senate hearing and future witnesses beware. No one will ever be allowed to wear a, wear such a vulgar shirt in a Senate hearing again, especially one that denigrates the brave men and women of law enforcement. You want to take me to court? Okay, make my day. So let me welcome C.J. Grisham on the show to talk about this. C.J., what are your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has shown a disdain for just about every other amendment in the legislature. Uh, So it doesn't surprise me that now he's going after the First Amendment. Before I really get into my thoughts, I do want to say I also find the shirt vulgar. I don't think people should necessarily be wearing those kinds of things to uh, a legislature. But I also believe that my opinion doesn't matter. And neither does Dan Patrick's opinion. This is about the First Amendment. We have a right to criticize our public officials. The police are public officials. And what Dan Patrick is essentially saying is if you don't obey your masters, um, you're not going to have access to your elected officials. And I think that's absolutely wrong. And um, I I think Dan Patrick, if he continues down this road, is going down a very dangerous road. The courts have already determined that this is perfect, perfectly legal. Uh, There's already a Supreme Court case on this exact issue from 1971. So Dan Patrick is on the wrong side of this. All right. So what do you think? Uh, There's one. Yeah, you're right. There's a case uh, that 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 actually came before the the U.S. Supreme Court about this. But what about the the viewpoint of discrimination? Is it permissible under the, you know, any rules of a legislative body that a committee chairman might only accept testimony from from all Democrats or all Republicans? Is that something that they can possibly do? So if if the uh, if the legislature is doing if if they're holding a hearing on a particular issue, they are able to limit testimony to a particular issue. However, if they have a public hearing, if it's a public hearing, then everyone's opinion must be heard. They cannot say, okay, we're going to have a public hearing on uh, on abortion, but we only want to hear from the pro-choice crowd. Nobody that, else, unless you're pro-choice, only pro-choice people can testify. You cannot do that. Now, that sounds good, but they can if they want to. They can say, hey, you know what? 
you know, because the Republicans are in control of the Texas Senate. We're only going to hear from Republicans on this subject. They can do that if they want to. Well, they could and they'd be sued, I would think, because when you suppress, I mean, our, our I, I, and it's uh, I think it's 18, Section 18. I can't remember what the uh, the Texas version of the First Amendment is, but it's essentially the same. But um, it does not say anywhere that it, look. The First Amendment is not just about speech. It's about access to your legislatures. And it's about being able to seek redress for grievances. If we have grievances against the police, the very place that that needs to happen is in there. And I think Dan, I guarantee you, Dan Patrick would have no problem with somebody coming in there saying, I love licking police boots. Um, He would be happy with that. He would be happy with anything that says, I wish I could marry a cop and sleep with her every single night. So that I know for a fact that I'm getting my money's worth out of my police department. Now, you wouldn't have a problem with any of that stuff. But by golly, if you criticize the police, that's where Dan Patrick becomes a statist. And I think it's completely inappropriate and it's unconstitutional in my view. And someone said, you know, if the courts did try to meddle in the internal affairs of the legislative branch, the branch, that branch has the tools to fight back. They can impeach and remove judges if possible. And this is on the, you know, definitely the you know, the national level there. And if they muster right. their political will to do so, they can also use their, you know, bejudgery uh, powers, creative, you know, ways so as to concentrate the minds of an, you know, uh, like a co-equal branch there. Well, yeah, but again, what we're talking about here is, again, the shirt was vulgar, okay? And I, I personally, I personally don't believe that people, it doesn't help anyone's position Unless, of course, the issue is the police itself, the it doesn't help anyone's position to go in there like that. But now what Dan Patrick has done is he's turned this from just uh, putting the attention on the vulgarity. You know, Dan Patrick could have said, you know, this is completely uncalled for. Um, You know, I, I don't support this. No one should be doing this. No one should be wearing these things to hearings. But when he goes out there and says, I will stop anyone from criticizing the police inside these chambers. Those aren't his chambers. Those are our chambers. That's the people's house. That's not Dan Patrick's house. And he's there to lead the thing and he's there to lead the Senate. But the people have a right to have their voice heard. And that shirt is protected speech. All right. So what I ask you out there in in La La Land there, do you think that the, you know, the Texas legislature has the power to tell you that you cannot wear a shirt that they don't like? You know, it says F the police. Can you wear it or can you not wear it? Our phone number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Common Talking. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so now we're going to switch gears again. We're going to talk about this homeless situation in Texas. Uh, the governor has given a plot of land or has set aside some land that's owned by the state uh, for the homeless to camp out in. And so now they've sold that land for or they're selling it for a dollar a month. Leasing it, right? Leasing it, sorry. A dollar a month. Thank you, my, my local attorney here. <laughs> a dollar a month to an organization called... ATX Helps. ATX okay, so here's helps. what's going on. Uh, I've been going down to this place. It's on 780 South 183, Highway 183. It's called Camp Rat with two Ts, which stands for Responsible Adult Transition Town. And they've got uh, sort of like a miniature council they've set up there. And they create a website with the help of a a, a webmaster Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They have developed a nonprofit and they've they've put in their application to create it officially. And they sent a counteroffer to Greg Abbott to lease the land and sort of uh, govern themselves for roughly like $150 a month. This nonprofit, which is actually not a nonprofit, ATX Helps is a coalition of business groups, churches, nonprofits, a bunch of different people. They bid the they they leased out the land from underneath these this this homeless nonprofit, and they're paying one dollar per month. So we've got a video here of Robert Rhodes, who is one of the you know, I guess you would call him a spokesperson for the camp. He was on the show last week. Week before last. Week before last. And he has, these are his thoughts on the situation. And when you're drinking, it goes fast. Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually funny because it Yesterday, was last week. a coalition of the business groups and nonprofit called ATX Helps bought our campsite out from underneath us for a dollar a month. When we bid it $150 a month, we finally found something to call our own and now it has been stolen from us. We do not want ATX help here. All right, so he's saying he don't want ATX help there, uh, but you know they've come in and they're 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 letting they're telling the city, you know what, we're going to tell the homeless people what they need. Yeah, and from what I've seen over there, this place has they've got positions designated to certain people. There's a guy who because some of these folks over there have vehicles, some a. a Decent amount of them have jobs, anything from people that are working as, you know, electricians or doing drywall, air conditioning repair, stuff like that, uh, mechanics. And like I said, a, a number of the folks have vehicles. They have jobs. They have d- designated a, a common area where they eat and they all cook with each other. And this isn't without bumps in the road. You know, they have there's some people over there that have some issues, some mental issues. And Shoot, I got issues. There's some folks over there that cause trouble, but they seem to have been dealing with it pretty well so far. And they've even got a guy that's sort of security. And there's a state trooper over there. But essentially, it, it's everybody I've talked to there. And from what I've seen, I've interviewed probably close to about 100 homeless folks throughout Austin now. This place is way better than 
anything I've seen that's in the woods, under the bridge, or, I mean, the arch is a joke. The, the you know, the living in the woods or under the bridge is better than the arch. But I think this, is, this place has so far been a productive. It's been productive. And I wonder if, you know, if so if we have this place that we have uh, set aside for the homeless to camp, sit, lie, then that means that the city would be able to ban them, you know, in other places if there's a spot for them legally. I I, I think that's how it works. I'm not an attorney, so I can't. Yeah, really I'm not that, an attorney either, answer. Michael. Yeah, I know. I can tell. I look more like an attorney than you. I got a suit on. Yeah, well, you know, you do have your, you know, initials on your cufflinks there. Yeah, I got, I got the. What's wrong with that? You know, man, I just one day I just I said I need to step it up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you stepped out of the trailer park today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> woo! <laughs> this is my boss, everybody. <laughs> well, you know, you know. So, what do you think, man? When Robert was in here, we talked to him and. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because, like I said, I think that it seems to be. I, I think they had productive. a good. I think they have a good thing going. I think they set up their council. I think they know what they want, and I think we should allow them to, you know, and help them and support them to support themselves. I think the most important. That's what I was just going to say. It's the most important thing. It allows them to do something for themselves. Yes. Which is, and and like Robert said. Now they've got something that they can call their own. It's, it's like it helps kid. them develop individual responsibility. They're all functioning parts of a society because these are folks that don't feel like they're part of regular society. They feel like they're outcasted from a lot, a lot of, a lot of life because they're you know yeah they don't it, have. A it's, home. it's like you know when people take my class, I try to take them on a journey. You know, I take them on a journey to you know to bring them to this realization of where they've gone wrong, what's happened in the past, and stuff like that. And in this situation here, you know. They're saying, hey, you know, it's like you're raising kids. You have a kid. Would you rather your buy your your kid a car and let them trash the vehicle or let them buy themselves a car and they're most most likely will take care of it if they buy it themselves? Personal responsibility. That's what yes. I'm talking about. So if they actually pay for it themselves, they're more likely to take, you know, take better care of it. And say, hey, let's take care of this property. You know, let's that's, take care of this that's land. funny that you say that. Uh, there's a perfect example. There's a, a guy there that is, uh, he might be a couple of years younger than me. I think his name's Kenny. And he bought a car that was not running for 60 bucks. Mm. And then he got it running after an hour or so of working on it. Right. And then he's going to flip it and make some money. And he's And he's working on getting to that point where he's got enough money to be able to Move out and move into his own place. Well, we're, and we're also going to have Chris Harris next week. Yeah, yes. that'll be Chris Harris will be on the show. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have him next week, but we're going to have him on the show. I want to get Chris Harris in the studio. I also want to get the uh, Camp Rack representatives yeah. inside the studio. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... I also want to get the uh, the people from that or, that nonprofit organization called ATX Helps. ATX Helps. But you know what? We got to stop calling on. it that because it's really not just a nonprofit. It's a coalition. Well. Well, we're going to get them on the show. We're going to talk to them and actually get their side of the story because I want to get everyone. I want to look everyone in their eyes, in their face, and I want them to tell me what's going on with their organization, what their group and what they're doing. And then we'll pick them apart. Yeah, because, well, here's the thing. I think there's a lot of different good ideas, right? I mean, I'm not saying ATX House is going to And I want people to call in. You know, I want to get them on the show and I want you to call in and ask them the hard questions because you have these nonprofit organizations that are, you know, that are. Saying that they know what's, what's good, best, yeah. what's best for the homeless. The homeless are saying they, they know, know what's, what's best for a good, you know, for them. Well, here's 
And, and Chris Harris is also saying he knows what's best. So, so we got a bunch of different perspectives here. But I think what I want to be known is that I'm not over here saying that ATX Helps is going to destroy this thing. But I do think that it is – this is a group of people where they're – these aren't your, your – they're not drugged out homeless people that are not trying. I've, I've been over there three, four times now, and they're, they're constantly working. They're helping each other out. They're, they are putting in the work. You know what I mean? That's important. And I think if ATX Helps comes in, it's going to turn into an arch situation. That's that's uh... because there's also a guy that I want to bring into the studio that actually he's in in his neighborhood. He set up some security cameras and he's recording. Oh, yeah. One of the another nonprofit organizations uh, properties that they're managing. And is and he said, look, you know, this is what happens when these nonprofits you know, take over a particular property in your neighborhood. There's prostitution, there's drugs, there's fighting. And it's well, yeah, just I mean, crime that's why I use the example of the arch. Look at what the arch was like. You remember that? Right. It was crazy. And that's why people don't want the city of Austin to intervene. purchase a property and intervene because, look, you know, look what they did to the arch. Yeah. Nothing good came from Same, that. Same. Hey, I'll tell you what. This guy I interviewed downtown, his name's Cheech. I interviewed him over at Republic Is he Square. related to Cheech and Chong? I, you know, he kind of looks like Cheech. He, he smokes weed. I think, it's che- I think it's the Cheech. Puff, puff, but I was talking to him about the Arch, and he said that the Arch is obviously an absolute failure, and you don't really need to look any further than the sign that says end homelessness. Mm. And the same homeless folks have been sleeping under that sign for the past like 10 years. Mm. It's not getting better. If the Arch would have worked, if these nonprofits would have worked, would there still be homeless people everywhere? Right. Or or at least there would still be a number of homeless people, but I don't think it would be as widespread. So ATX Helps wants to put a sprung shelter on that property, right? Yeah. Basically a pop-up tent that has 150 bunk beds, sleeps 300. Oof. They and, and people don't want to live like that. That's no, like living in a it's prison. like a prison. Yeah. It's, it's, it, when I was there, oh my god, it's sad that we, we think alike. It's it's exactly what it's like. It's like a concentration camp. That's what they're describing it as. And tell me this, and that, if, and the homeless if, people don't want that. They don't want it. So if they're if you bring in a group that the homeless people don't want there, that's gonna that's not gonna make relationship the relationship better. It's gonna sour things even worse. And then they're not gonna want to get help anymore. We agree, and we don't even like each other. <laughs> what do they want? What, do, what does who want? What are they? They don't want this. What? Well, do they, want? I don't, they don't want the sprung shelter. I, I think they're willing to have uh, sort of like wraparound services and help like that. But they want to be able to have what something they can call their own. I mean, dude, imagine you don't have anything. You're sleeping in the back seat of your car. The last thing you want is some government agency coming in and telling you what you need to do with your life and how you need to get yourself together. Yeah, and I tell you what you do want to do. What you do want to do is go to, uh, you know, do a Google search for the petition, the Austin petition, so you can find someone that has those petitions, and you can actually sign up to recall the mayor, so we can actually, you know, force this city to do what they need to do. You'll sign the petition. Don't let the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or any other party, Libertarian Party, you know, convince you not to. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.